God bless you. Thank you. you. May be seated this morning. Amen and amen and amen and amen and amen and amen. Good singing this morning, church. Thank y'all for leading us. Team, y'all are awesome. We love y'all. Those, uh, those claps, those nervous claps at the beginning, that's not because uh, they weren't sure if they love you, team. It's because nobody knows if you can clap in a Baptist church or not. <laughs> it's just one of those things. We're learning. Ah, I didn't even say it. Brother Darren's here with us this morning. <laughs> he moved up to Denver. Because he's stupid. <laughs> just joking. I just say that because I'm hurt um, and jealous. Uh, he gets to go hunting like every weekend, I think. And uh, some things are going well for him in his life, but we are glad to have him here with us uh, today. Brother Darren has been a faithful member in our church for a long time, long, much longer than he thought he was going to be here. So, uh, inevitable. All right, the Lamb of God, Lamb of God, Jesus. This morning, uh, I think we're just going to spend some time contemplating God and His Son and His Spirit and the gift. And uh, what I want us to be able to do today, this is my heart, is just how we could sit in it and we could worship God. This morning. So let's do this. Let's go back to the Lord in prayer. Prepare our hearts again to hear his voice. Uh, Lord God, I love you and I thank you for who you are. You are good. Uh, Lord, uh, in a certain way, your son walked the path so that I wouldn't have to walk the path. We understand that reality, that gift. But in other ways, Jesus walked the path that we all walk. Uh, he walked the path of, of people rejecting him. He walked the path of people disappointing him. Uh, he walked the path of, of people who really, really, really loving him but because of fear and foolishness, they couldn't, they couldn't continue on and they forsook him. Uh, Lord, we know that your son Jesus identifies with us and we thank you that we have such a one as him. Uh, Lord, today, we want to listen to you, your voice. We want to uh, listen as we pay attention to the life of your son, Jesus. We want to hear through your spirit, your voice, God. So God, I pray and I ask that you would help us. Open us up. Uh, speak to us. Attend to us today. Uh, Lord, what we want to be able to do is take your word in 
We want to worship you today. Truly, fully. We don't want it to be lip service, God. Uh, Moreover, Lord, we want to leave this place and let our lives be a living witness. A living witness of you, your son, and your spirit, God. So I pray that you would speak. And as you speak, I pray that we would receive. I pray these things in Christ's mighty, resurrected name. Amen. I talk a lot. Y'all can say amen. It's okay. And uh, often I have a lot to say. Um, So whenever I don't have a lot to say, it's kind of interesting to me. And uh, that's what I kind of found as I was seeking the Lord this week about uh, what we were, what was the message. And um, a number of things have come together uh, to confirm this, but, uh, but I thought, you know what? God's spoken to us, hasn't he? And he's preserved a lot of what he's spoken to us. Uh, not all that he speaks to us is preserved in canon. He continues to speak today. Right? But he has spoken a lot to us and preserved it for us. And so uh, this morning, what I want us to be able to do is I, I want to read some text uh, and, and make a few comments, but I really want us all to be open to hearing God's voice through the text. Um, I'm going to ask you all if you're after reading, uh, if anybody wants to share anything, y'all will be able to share something. Um, don't feel pressure like you have to. It's not a test. Um, but it might be a time today where we get to hear God's voice. Maybe some comments from me, but maybe some of your comments are going to be the way that God speaks to us powerfully today. Now to frame this all up, uh, frame this all up is uh, whenever I saw that we were going to be singing the Lamb of God, of course, then my mind uh, goes to a number of passages. One of the passages is what we read already. Isaiah 53, it actually starts in Isaiah 52, but it is the passage of the suffering servant. It's this, uh, this prophetic word that was written hundreds of years before Jesus was born to Mary before God became incarnate and the man Christ Jesus. Hundreds of years before Jesus. And the prophet, the prophet is given this vision. Given this vision, given this word of, a, of the one who would rescue God's people. And he says that this rescuer will not be anybody that we are drawn to and attracted to. In fact, we will reject our liberator. And we will be so foolish as to think 
that our rejection of him is paramount to God's judgment against him. But we will discover, we will discover that the one that we despised and rejected is our liberator. Another way that we could say this is, is the prophet visualizes that the only way we are going to, to see him as our liberator, the only way we're going to get to view him in his full glory is through our rejection of him. He will be revealed as our liberator. And we will know that our healing, our rescue, our salvation, our hope comes through his stripes. Comes through his bruises. Comes through his death. That frames it up for us a little bit. As we listen to the voice of God, when we read through this. Let's first listen. Those of us who know, who have received this gift, let's listen and worship freshly. Let this be a new day of thanking God for this plan. For this servant. Isaiah 52. Verse number 13. Is where it begins. Brother Will will put it up on the screen. And as we've done before. We'll probably read through. Uh, in the King's English. The King James Version. And then also in the NLT. Um, I just think that it's a good practice. It's something that I've grown accustomed to. And uh, like us to be able to see. The different uh, nuances. Uh, jump out of the text. Isaiah 52. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. This is the end. The servant will be exalted and extolled. That's not where it starts, though. All right? As many were astonished at thee, why? His visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. As many as were astonished at thee, so shall uh, he sprinkle many nations. The kings shall shut their mouths at him. For that which had not been told them shall they see. And that which they had not heard Shall they consider? Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. 
and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opens not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Why? Because he hath poured out his soul unto death. I'll read once more from the NLT. Again, beginning in Isaiah chapter number 52, verse number 12. It reads, see, my servant will prosper. He will be highly exalted. But many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. And he will startle many nations. Kings will stand speechless in his presence. For they will see what they had not been told. They will understand what they had not heard about. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his parents, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We, we turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it, it was our weakness that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But no, he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, 
like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet, get this, the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet never said a word. He was like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before his shears, he did not open his mouth. Yes, unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong. He had never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. Why? It was the Lord's good plan to crush him, to cause him grief. Yet, get this, when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. For he will bear their sins. All their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was accounted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. Of whom are you and I? Man, now I have a lot to say. But I'll hold off. What say ye? Does anybody have a word, a phrase, a hallelujah? Think about this. God's character, and people get this wrong. They've got it wrong for thousands of years, and you know this because you go look at any of the other gods and you see the character traits that we give them. God's character is not violent. You know who's violent? I'm violent. Right? We know God's character is not violent because remember Genesis chapter number three? He saw this, this violent, roaring lion trying to raise up within Cain. And he said, Cain, don't. But Cain did. So here's how I process. How could it possibly Please, God, for his son to be bruised. His son received the violence, the mockery, not just the violent actions, but the violent words. And some of us are not very violent with our action. We don't go popping off our pistol. 
no matter how big a game we talk, especially as Texas boys, right? I got the right to bear arms. Okay, cool. Do you have the, the shoulders to carry the trauma? Anyway. But we are violent with our words. We're mean. We're hateful. We're hurtful. So here's, here's how I process this. The only reason why the father could be pleased that his son is bruised is because his son is bruised but does not bruise back. His son bears, not arms. He bears everybody's hate, their vitriol, their hisses. He bears it, he carries it, and he puts it to death. He doesn't keep it going on by hissing back or clapping back, as the youths like to say. The father is pleased when he sees his son bearing sin and not sinning himself. See, here's a word. Can we bear? Can we bear the sins of another? And, and not, that's not like a theological question. That's a practical question. I can tell you I fall short on this so much. I often use my wife and I as an example, but I can promise you that's where the battle is for me every day. If she's not doing what I think she should be doing, whether I'm right or wrong is not the issue. Can I? Can I bear that without being mean to her? Judging her. Without making her feel less than. Oh, I wish to God I could. And I'm striving to do so. But do y'all follow me whenever I say, can we bear? Jesus bore our sins. That's, that's what that means. He carried it. He was violently acted upon and did no violence. And God saw his son receiving it and not giving it. And that pleased God. That could answer a question. How could my life be lived to please God? Bear the sin of someone and don't retaliate. Have we ever thought of it? Well, it's not just. It's not right. 
you're right. It's not fair, you're right. It's not. Anybody else? You can go again, Sam. Play it again, Sam. <laughs> that Paul talks about that he gloried in himself having this mind in the sufferings of Christ. Yeah. Hey, I want to be clear about something that you said there. He didn't only look at us after the end with true love. He looked at us in our sin with true love. Right? That's, he, he went to the cross bearing our sins. I'm not going to act violently against you because I love you. How could, I, how could I hurt you who I love? That, that's, and, and not just this, this hard to define emotion, but this reality. I love you so much that I will not speak a nasty word against you. Even while you're saying nasty things to me. Wow. We, oui, Wow. I love you so much that even when you pluck my beard out and you spit in my face, I will withstand it with courage and dignity. When you strip off my clothes and you pierce my side, I will not act myself and I will not call 10,000 angels down. Why? Because... I love you. Not, I'm doing all this so I can love you, but because I love you, 
I'm doing all of this. And I know you know that, Sam, and I just want to make sure, because you said when he sat down, he looked at us with love. And I want us to be clear. He, he loved us, and that's what motivated him not to hurt us. Lamentation says it, God's mercies are new each and every day. If it were not for his mercies, we would be consumed. And I don't even think that means he would burn us up. I think it means that you and I would destroy each other. It makes you think about when you say you love somebody, doesn't it? Oh, I love you so much until you stab me in the back. I love you so much until you don't give me all the praise I deserve, all the appreciation I deserve for all the things that I do. Makes you think about what is required of us who live in this world where there's so many people that, are, that we're afraid of because they're different. There's so many people that we're disgusted by because they're different. And truth be told, those are things that we have in our hearts. And sometimes they come out of our lips. And God tells us to love them. Yeah, I'm going to love them, but I'm going to tell everybody how rotten and crooked they are. Wow, that's interesting. Jesus didn't do that to me. He didn't do it to you. He didn't go scoff you while he was being scoffed. So we live in this world where there are people who are different from us. And it scares us. Some of those fears are rooted in deep reality. Sometimes it just disgusts us. I can't even see how they can do that. And we have to love those people the way that Christ loved us. And I think we get fooled and deceived, actually, into believing that we are, oh, I'm going to love them when we are actually hating them. We have no empathy for them. We have no sympathy for them. We don't look at them like Jesus looks at so many people in the Gospels, and it says he has compassion on them. No, who gets my compassion? The people who love me and treat me well, they get all my compassion. They get all my generosity. They get my good stuff. You know what's interesting? Jesus saved the harshest things sometimes for his own followers. I, he told Peter, get behind me, Satan. That's a blow. Especially in that moment. Remember, Jesus doesn't talk to the world. Address them and, oh, all the bad things that are happening out there. Jesus talks to his church. We see this in Revelation. Those letters, see, Revelation's a letter. 
despite everything we've been told. It's first and foremost, it is letters to churches. And it's talking to them about the world that they live in and the witness that they are supposed to be carrying. And in those letters, Jesus doesn't say, watch out for Babylon, Babylon. Jesus says, you're my church and you're called to be my church. And you have this candlelight, but I can take it away. We are to be the ones in the midst of Babylon lighting the candle. Holding the flame. I don't think Jesus is proud at us when we can go tell about everything that's going wrong in the world. And we are not living in accountability to his way, which is to bear the sins of others, to carry our cross daily. Notice he doesn't say, wield your sword daily. Bear your arms daily. He says, carry your cross. And we know what the cross is, right? That's not where you go to hang somebody. That's where you go to get hung up. So here's, and if anybody else has anything else to say, we can talk later. But I think our time is drawing on. But this is something that has been on my heart this week. And I do know that I want to share Jesus said, whoever follows me, pick up your cross every day and follow me. From the text today, we understand that picking up our cross is not some great noble endeavor that everybody's going to look at and go, wow, picking up your cross is something that people think you look like a fool. You get despised. You get esteemed not highly, but you get Esteemed lowly. People don't look at you when you're carrying your cross and think, oh, God's favor is upon him. People look at you when you're carrying your cross and they think, what did he do to deserve that? Must have done some bad stuff. Just like Job's friends, right? Just like the people walking by. He saved others, can't even save his son. I thought he was the son of God. But yet we live in this world, and you and I know, we don't want to be esteemed poorly. We don't want to walk around looking shamefaced. So instead of carrying our crosses, the temptation every day is to pick up the sword. And again, we might not actually be violent with actions. But man, we can pistol whip with some words, can't we? We can. We can. Sometimes we can do it to people's faces. But social media makes it really, uh, really, really uh, convenient for us 
to not have to look anybody in the face. And we can just say, I just got to get, I'm just going to say this about all those people. I got to speak my truth about all those people. The way that we worship the one who laid down his life for us out of love. And again, he didn't just lay down his life. What we should say is he didn't take our lives to save his life. The way that we worship him, Paul says so beautifully. In Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. I beseech you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That you be willing to bear the sins of others. Bear the hurt of others. Bear the crookedness of others. Without hurting them back. Without becoming crooked yourselves. You present your bodies like a living sacrifice. Holy. Sanctified. Consecrated. Cleansed. Set apart. My body is being used in service for the only one to whom service is due. That's what making something holy is about. It's about saying this is only going to be used for this purpose. My life is only going to be used for a solitary purpose. And that is to worship the one who loved me so much. That he would take my violence, my shame, or my rebellion, and he would withstand it and not act towards me violently. And Paul says, this, this is reasonable worship. This is the worship that makes sense. So how do we worship the Lord this week? Well, I sang all the songs. Yeah, that's a way to worship the Lord. But that can be a way to worship the Lord with our lips and not our heart. Let's follow up our worship this morning from these beautiful songs played by very talented musicians sung by some wonderful singers and a host of able singers as well. Let's follow up these songs. Let's follow up this text. Let's follow Jesus. And let's live our lives carrying the cross 
bearing the shame. And I can promise you where we will end, maybe not this week, but where our lives will end is with this. God will highly exalt you and extol you and make you very high. God will be pleased with you. Uh, the Lord will divide divide a portion among you all, among us all. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? Amen. Join me in prayer. Lord God, I pray.